This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook, and at trevorjamesflutes.com. Hello, this is Talking Flutes. I'm Claire Southworth, and I have with me down in Hove, John Paul Wright. Hello, John Paul. Silence. That's not me, is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the eyes now. Sorry. I'm getting the eyes. I wonder what was happening then. <laughs> I just thought I'd do something else, because normally you can't stop me talking. No, have, have some more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for inviting me down again, Claire. Yeah, it's very quiet. We haven't got the dogs here today. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. And uh, we won't talk about the weather. I don't know if people get fed up with us talking about I'm the weather. I'm fed up with you talking about the weather. Let's just take it from me that it's always good. <laughs> We're down answering questions again, aren't we? And you we have are. the list. I have the list. So, our first question today from June Artica. How do you motivate yourself as a musician when you know that others are better than you? Oh, good grief. Well, yes. I've known that throughout my life. <laughs> 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 you know, this is it's an, it's a very interesting question because you know, in life, in everything you do, there are people that are better than you and people that are worse than you. So at, at everything. So first of all, you've got to get your head around that. But you need to find your own personal motivation. Oh, that's my mail just clicking in because I forgot to turn it off. So I'm just <laughs> going to turn it off now. Um, so you need to find your own personal motivation. And, you know, I could be very blunt to start off with. And I could say that if better players demotivate you, then you might have to consider whether you're going to be in the right career in terms of music because there's, there are always going to be better players. There just always are. That doesn't mean that you can't be wonderfully successful and have a great career um it's just one of those things it's a bit like you know in anything like in sports you know there's people will be better than you and people will be worse but i would say that a better solution maybe is to use the better players as your motivation because there's always more progress you can make music appreciation as we know is very subjective what sounds very good to one person doesn't always sound very good for someone else. And we've got to keep our imaginary blinkers on so that we're, uh, we can focus on our own goals and not get distracted by others. But there are, of course, more practical ways to keep motivated. So I was trying to think about this just before you arrived, actually, mm-hmm. John Paul. I thought if I was trying to make a list of how to stay motivated, what would I put... So I've got a little short list here. Be productive. That's my number one. Because it aids motivation. So don't sit still and think about it. Be productive. Make a clear list of what to practice and what to promote. So there are two different things for motivation. It's first of all is getting yourself better by, playing, by practicing your flute. And the other thing is to do something constructive in helping you get the next concert or... a job or to get playing somewhere so set aside set a target to do one thing a day minimum from each of your lists because being productive encourages that and aids that motivation 
be realistic because false expectations are it's fatal you know you'll feel much worse you've got to be realistic about where you are where you want to get to you know we're not all going to be Jimmy Galway so you have to be realistic don't compare yourself with others it's a big big mistake but what you can do is listen to other instrumentalists um, and singers, not flute. I mean, flute for, for, for pure enjoyment, yes. But in terms of your education and your motivation, listen to other, other, other instrumentalists and singers to inspire you and immerse yourself also in culture, in art, architecture, uh, museums, a walk in the park, or for me, a walk by the sea. And don't be influenced by what you can't do, because that hinders what you can do. So sometimes negative thoughts can just stop you doing anything. So you've got to keep positive. And then finally, take advice in lessons or consultation lessons. And then the other thing I looked up, Jean-Paul, I was, I was thinking about motivation, and I found online some motivational quotes. Oh, go for it. Shall I give you some? Mm-hmm. It does not matter how slowly you go as, lo- as, a- as long as you do not stop. That's very sort of hare and tortoise, isn't it? Yeah. I like that. Next, we'll start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how you feel, get up, dress up, show up and never give up. Yeah. It's an interesting one. You know, it's good when you're, if you haven't got work pouring in, which hasn't been for the last 18 months for many, many people, is you need to get up, get dressed, brush your teeth, practice. You need to think of it like a job. If you do not go after what you want, you will never get it. If you do not ask, the answer will always be no. If you do not step forward, you will always be in the same place. I like that one. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. That is so true. If you don't ask for something, you you can never get it, can you? You can never get it. And if you don't look, you won't find it. And if you don't try, you can't get. If, if you don't do the lottery on a during the week, you never win it. No, got to be in it to win it. Actually, I'm not in it. <laughs> Nor am I. <laughs> so uh, another another one. You are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. That's one for you, John Paul. It is. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm a dreamer. I love that. When you decide to quit making excuses, you can finally start making progress. Yeah, well, that's an important one. Well, probably a really long one that we probably won't cover today. But I believe in taking ownership and not making excuses. Uh, taking ownership of any mistakes you may make or any career path you may go. Uh, taking ownership. It's not a mistake. Nothing really is a mistake. You just learn from it. But again, this is a different question. But I like that quote. I, I think learning from your experiences is very important because... The, the, only, the only little problem in music is that if you, for example, if you go for an audition and you don't get through, you learn that you maybe have to work harder and try something different, but you don't always get a feedback from that. So that's when, as musicians, you've really got to keep your motivation and keep trying, keep plugging away. So another quote, when you think about giving up, remember why you started. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, this, there's a really good positive quotes all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. This, there's so many on this website. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, 
if you fell down yesterday, stand up today. It, it's well, just provided goes you didn't break on your legs. And on and on. Pardon? Provided you didn't break your legs. Provided you don't break your legs. Because that'd be a bit problematic, wouldn't um, it? You just can't beat the person who never gives up. Yes, that is a fair point, actually, isn't it? Yep. And that's taken. That's not taking taking in consideration that many people living to this, listening to this, will have a natural ability. I mean, hard work will get you so far, but there is that little. There's that natural ability that, and an understanding that I think if you understand, you've covered this before. That if you understand that you are unique in what you do, if you focus on what you know you are unique at, and it could be a different sound, it could be something you do, then that gives you the motivation, doesn't it? If mm. you try to be a clone of another person, surely that's when it becomes problematic. Yeah, uh, I agree. Maybe one last one. Don't wait for the right opportunity, create it. Now, this is really important because often I used to find that my motivation came because I had something in the diary. It was a concert or an audition or a competition. I did all the competitions. I love that. That gave me more motivation than anything. I love the... the, the having a competitive edge and, and, and trying to, to beat other people. So when there's nothing happening, you can't just wait for it, something to appear. You've got to create it. So go and see whether you can do a concert in your local church or your local town hall or the local sports hall, youth centre, something. Create something. Write to people and see what you can offer. Even if it's going and doing some music therapy, like playing in the local hospice or the local hospital or the um, old people's home. Because and it's getting a little bit easier now that we are able to travel a little bit more and we can take tests and make sure that we're, we're, we're free of COVID. But there are so many places that really benefit from music. That maybe is the opportunity that you... You start creating performance opportunities, which probably will lead to other opportunities because people will start to notice you and remember you and, and talk about you. And it, it helps create this lovely circle of, of creativity. Do you know, I like that last point you made. Bless him. Jim Dower, my teacher many, many, many years ago, brilliant, brilliant young flute player and teacher and professor, said to me, you need to go out and play any way you can. Go and get any gig you can, whether it's paid or not. When you're young, by the way, you know, this is a subject we won't go into again on this one. You know, when people say to you, oh, you'll get a lot of exposure. Can you come and do a gig for me? But we can't pay you. You know, let's not go there because you wouldn't ask a plumber or solicitor to do things free of charge. But if you're on the ladder and you're, you're needing experience, Jim said to me, just go and find work, as you said, Get yourself, go to a church, see if you can do a lunchtime concert and get as much opportunity there as you can. Go around a hospital, children's hospital. It's all about becoming a better rounded and grounded person, mm. isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, with social media, you can use TikTok or Instagram or Facebook and you can put little clips out of you doing those concerts and that helps develop Mm. Uh, your your following we talked about that on um, yeah. a couple of podcasts ago about how to develop your social media presence and that's what happens it, you start to build a profile and people will recognise your name and it and it, it, it builds build. maybe slow but it will build and so you can use the social media in a, in a very positive way and you only need one thing to happen and then your motivation is high yes and then you go on and do something else. 
But it is important to think of it a little bit like a job that you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, and you think, right, I'm going to start work at nine o'clock. Yeah, I've got, I think it, I don't know if it's next week or a couple of weeks' time, I've, I've got a podcast with Nyla Riordan, the Irish flute player, and he said when he first went to Jimmy's, Sir James Galway's course in Switzerland, he practised for a year and went there thinking, yeah, I'm good, and I, I've really got this nailed. And he said the shock when he got to the course and he heard other flute players playing, he said it took him a while to come to terms with my word, people are good. When you go into an audition or you go into a rehearsal room and you hear other flute players or you go into a flute course and there's other flute players and you just think, good grief, they're good. Do you think that we, you mentioned it a bit bit earlier, don't measure yourself or compare yourself to other people. Mm. How do you not notice that person? (laughs) Well, And, And then that not become a demotivator to you? Yeah, this is we we talked we touched on it um, earlier in that you you've got to almost put your sort of imaginary blinkers on. Um, when you're hearing someone through a wall <laughs> or in the next room, they always sound better, you know. And it, it's you, you talked about here at the, at the, that now I was talking about going to the flute mm. course and hearing the the standard of some people. I had the same experience when I went to the, the international summer school on hearing Jim Dower who was your teacher, I heard, I went as a sort of a a very naive, very shy 15-year-old, and one of the first people I heard playing to Wib uh, was Jim Dower. And I I remember what he played, he played a Mozart concerto, and then he did a duet with Colin Fleming. Wow. And um, I forgot, with the Doppler duet, and I was absolutely blown away, and, and I had no idea about the standards and quality of sound and fluency of technique and, and styles, styles of music. You know, hearing Jim play the Mozart and then hearing him play Doppler, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, Mozart quite sort of, you could say it's, it's highbrow, it's serious, it's light, it's major, but it's, it's, it's serious music. And in the Doppler, they just had fun. They just <laughs> messed around and, and had an absolute ball. It was fantastic. So very, very interesting that we've had, both had the same sort of experience. So that's why flute courses are good. So not to be knocked down by these good players, but to find inspiration for yourself by listening to them. Do you also think that most of us don't know what we sound like anyway? We hear what we sound like because yeah, that know. flute is right next to our lug holes. Sorry, mm. our ears. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old London word, lug hole. Um, and our flute's right next to our ears, so we don't really understand or hear what we really sound like. And that's we can make a judgment on others because we're listening from a distance. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. And we talked on the last podcast about recording yourself. And that helps you be a little bit more aware of what you sound like. But, it, but it's interesting, we never will really know. Because when you go and listen to, if you're, going, if you're in a concert hall listening to an orchestra or a soloist, mm-hmm. the sound, once it's travelled to you, is very different to the sound that you hear when you're next to them. There are a number of orchestral players who don't sound great when you're sitting next to them, as in terms of th- there's a, maybe a quality of the sound mm. that you think is not as good as maybe you, you 
perceive it should be, but you go and listen in the hall and it's absolutely stunning. Mm. As sound travels, it's, it's yeah. amazing. We're, we're all different and we can learn by listening to ourselves and listening to others. So just focus on yourself and don't worry about others, however you perceive them to be. Because if you do that, and going back to the motivational quotes, mm. you've lost any, any advantage that you may have. And you'll never beat that. You'll never beat that gremlin that's telling others, will you? No. And you know what? My I know they're coming just, in. That's dogs great. arrived home. Hello. Hello. Oh, that's Pete. Oh, he's... Hey, Thank hello. you. See you Friday. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> Right, for our listener, Pete has now picked up this huge great pillow and is shaking it around. And are oh, they going to get a drink? This is great. I love this. <laughs> this is how a podcast should be. <laughs> yeah, but they're clean, which is wonderful. The last few weeks they've come back covered in mud. Which I'm, I'm very happy. I'm glad you, you've got shorts on today because often you come quite smart. I do. And, and um, you get dog hair all over your trousers. So we're okay today. We are okay. And... They are. It's interesting how <laughs> Pete. Wait, Pete got to the water first. <laughs> Hello, Pete. <laughs> so, so no, it's it's a case of just worrying. Don't worry about yourself. Just concentrate on what you can do. And as you said, as you started, use what you hear from other people as a motivation, and not a concern or a worry. And also, what other people may hear. If you're at an audition, you think someone's better than you. What other people that are listening at an audition. They may be hearing something very different than you. Absolutely. And I've done many auditions where I've thought, well, that didn't go well. And then I've done very well. <laughs> you know, you, it's, a very, it's very subjective. And you yourself cannot be objective about what you're doing. You need someone else to be pointing in the right direction and giving you feedback. Fab. I got that. I've got it totally. Good. Should we move on? Move on. Uh, next question. From Sally Thorogood. I liked your podcast on nerves with Dr. Joe. What is the best thing you can do when you're just about to perform to take your mind off any feelings of anxiety? Now, we have talked about nerves before. We have, yes. Nerves and anxiety are a natural part of performance. I would just say that if you're not nervous or anxious, then maybe you're not almost taking it seriously enough or mm -hmm. you know you're not giving it the respect it needs you need to have that sort of edge a bit like you know when you're in the you're you're at school in the in the, the school sports sports day and you're about to do the 100 meter run and you have that sort of butterflies in your tummy you you really need that you need that sort of feeling um, Joe, he's, Pete's drinking again. Yeah, well, he's he, you know he's been running around for the last two he's hours. He's very panty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's going to be. I think we'll be able to hear him all the way through this now. Ah, They've obviously funny. had a very good run. <laughs> so, I think the answer to controlling the nerves, to control the feelings, is lying in the preparation. Your mindset before a performance is definitely affected by the preparation for that event. So. Obvious things. Make sure that you've practised enough. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you can play the pieces that you've picked to play. Because if it's not going right in your practice, it's certainly not going to go right in the performance. So ju you've just got to make sure that you're concert ready. And that means you've got to plan where you start. You know, if, it's, if, you, if you're going to play a concerto, your work needs to start six months before it. You know, that you plan. You plan the, the build-up so that you're ready. Top sports people 
plan to get uh, to the peak of their performance for the big occasions, like the Olympics, which we've just had. And you, you, you work so that you become, you, your peak is at that time. And hopefully you don't get injured. So we have to be the same thing. You have to work way back, months before, and know what you have to do. So if you've got a programme that's got lots of high register stuff in it, then make sure that you're practising lots of high register exercises so that your, your embouchure is strong enough. If you've got a recital that's going to last for an hour and a half, can you play for an hour and a half? Make sure that you've practised, that you play for an hour and a half without stopping so that you're physically ready. And then make sure you've worked at your pieces and you know what you want to do with them and you've researched them so you're emotionally ready for those pieces. Anything that you can't play, as I said, in your practice, you're not going to be able to play in the performance. So you've got to introduce this practical preparation and also the mental preparation long, long before that performance day. I like to say to people when they say, oh, I'm so nervous about, you know, whatever, that if you can think back to when you were first asked. So you imagine the phone going, someone say, oh, could you come and give us a recital in, you know, a year's time, six months' time? And the excitement, you know, the excitement that you have when hearing about getting a, getting a gig, getting booked for something. And it's a really strange human reaction that that original psych excitement can gradually turn into fear as the concert gets closer. So you've got to keep hold of that excitement or that nervous anticipation. Remember what you felt like when you were first asked. And then in terms of the, the preparation, imagine yourself in your practice arriving at the venue, warming up, getting changed, walking onto the stage, tuning up, speaking to the audience, playing that first piece. Put yourself actually in that position, in that venue. And then that mental preparation really helps you on the day. I think on most of the times when I had a concert on the day, I really didn't practice much. I'd, I'd worked to the point where you always get to the point, you know, a day or two before and you think, I actually can't practice anymore because I'm ready. And I would play, but I wouldn't practice. Maybe it was the fear of something going wrong. But, you know, I get to the point where I'm absolutely concert ready. So a few days before, I'm just eager to go and I'm just playing. The other thing I had to do, I had to eat. Before a concert, I always had to eat, which was not the same for many of the people I played with. I always felt more nervous if I hadn't eaten. Um, I had a colleague of mine in a chain music group and she was always sort of physically sick before the concert. Got so nervous. I was the opposite. I just had to eat. I also like to be quiet for at least an hour before the concert and I'd mentally go over the programme and what I was going to say, uh, go through the pieces. I really didn't like noise around me or overly chatty people. I remember certain occasions when we did have somebody there who'd be chat, 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 chat. And that would distract me and I wouldn't be able to concentrate on what I was about to do. So my mental preparation went right to the moment I walked on the stage really interesting all to do with the preparation and uh, interestingly I've, I'm just been, I've just finished working with a lady from South Africa and a lady in the US on a very similar thing is that their brain suddenly starts bringing in negativity when they're stood 
Pete's starting pan- panting again, isn't he? When just before they're due to walk on to the stage, they're or in, onto a concert, their brain suddenly brings up negative thoughts. So what I've got them to do, and I think we've covered this in a previous podcast, is to become very mindful of the position they are in at that exact moment. In, in other words, don't think about... In the, we're only talking sort of a few minutes before you go on, so in a couple of moments. Look around, focus on colours focus on textures what can you hear what can you smell what can you even taste because as long as you start using other senses your little mischievous voice isn't doesn't have any room to bring these negative thoughts in and i just threw that out to them and they've been using them and sort of expanding it and it's working for them because it's taken their mind off that critical person not persons that critical voice that um, pops in not to everybody but to some people that says they're not worthy uh, it's the same in golf, you know. You, you, <laughs> you, stand know on the, you stand on the tee and you think, don't go in that bunker. Don't go in the water. Oh, of course you go in the bunker in the water. And, and, and you do. So the same thing, you think about, you picture something else, you take your mind off it. I've just started, Claire. You haven't? Yeah, I, I played years and years ago. Well, not very well, but my boys have been playing for about a year and a half. And they said, come on, Dad, come and have a go. And of course, I go down to the driving range, all cocky. Yeah, take out the... The number one, the, the big fat driver thing. And uh, they've got stainless steel shafty They're things. They're steel shafts, yeah. Um, but the uh, drivers are bendy things, whatever bendy things are. Carbon, Carbon. fiber. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, well, I can remember this. So I, I stood, and they, one of the boys was recording it. I stood, and I remembered how to hold the club. And I didn't have a glove because I didn't buy a glove. And I swung and hit the ball. But instead of the ball going forwards, it actually went sideways and almost over into the next bay hmm. and uh, for me being too super cocky I can remember how to do this that was a real leveler and I've been back and it's really really hard because I hit one good one well I mean good you know I've, I think my furthest is 170 but it's not straight that's wonky <laughs> but the machine tells me I'm 170 I don't care it's 170 but if I could do a straight one I think great then I'll do another one and then it goes completely awry, and my brain starts talking to me. So you're exactly right. It's a really good correlation yeah. between... Yeah. Because golf is just that great leveller where you don't have to be able to hit it the furthest because your short game is really important, and mm. then your putting game is important. But what you're thinking at that time will determine this nature of your shot, won't it? Mm. Absolutely. I'm so excited you've started golf because we can have now... We're going to have to have... A flute golf tournament. <laughs> so, you know, we could encourage anyone listening who plays golf. No, Of no. which there are loads of people. We can have a flute golf tournament. How Claire, fantastic. You play, you've won tournaments. You, you've won competitions. I've, I can hit a ball. Well, not even guaranteed to I, I hit give a ball. You, I'll give you a few months. You can just keep <laughs> practising. There'll be something to plan for next year. Yeah, I can't even, I, I can't even hit off the ground. I can hit, hit on a tee. Okay. But not off the ground. Well, we can do a, we could do um, Trevor James flutes against the world. Good grief, that's a big ask because I know I know the Mirzar company. They will play golf there, they and they're brilliant, golf. aren't they? Yes, they're very good. Yes. <laughs> anyway, you can ponder on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm quite a confident person, as you know, Claire. But when it comes to golf, there's something about that that is more than a leveler. That is a destroyer of one's. Um, Sanity it's and it's exactly the same as flute balance, rhythm, and timing. We've talked about this before. If you just apply 
your flute skills to golf, it works. And practice. There, you've, you've heard it from the master herself. Apply your, your, golf, your flute skills, if you're going to play golf, to golf, and you're, you're well away. You're well away, absolutely. So, on to the next question. No, I don't think we can. We can't, so we run out of time. Do you know, we've run out of time again, Claire. If we, 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 as, as we said <laughs> the last time, we're trying to keep these to half an hour to 30 minutes, and we've hit that point. And whilst we can keep on going, we just want to experiment whether the 30 minutes when Claire and I get together is the right length because as you all know when I do interviews I go on for an over an hour and we get some comments back saying yeah they're nice but a bit long um so yeah let's keep it to 30 minutes shall we Claire? okay well thanks for coming down well my pleasure and thanks to the your lovely dogs for actually making me smile on the podcast <laughs> so go and do some golf practice and um We'll organise a tournament for next year. Oh no, no, that's that's looking too far ahead. I, I, I I'm with, I'm with the now. I'm with the present. We could have a flute as a prize. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's going now. <laughs> anyway, we're delighted to hear any of your questions. Please write in to flutepodcasts at gmail and you can follow us on our social media pages, uh, Instagram and Twitter, which is at flute and at Claire Flute. Oh, and we've got a Facebook page, Talking Flutes. We have. And please don't forget to like, rate and comment on whichever podcast channel you are listening to this on because it helps those other flute players find us much more easily. And we read all your comments and we try and reply to them and we try and act on them. We do. We do. I'm quite sad like that, Claire, aren't I? <laughs> so until next time, thanks very much, John Paul, and talk to you again soon. Yeah, bye, everybody. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.